0: If someone is looking to build a tiny structure, what is the right way to do it for cheap? Because everyone's looking to build it for cheap. What is the right way that their tiny house, their yurt, their cabin isn't going to fall apart in under 10 years? Like, how do you build it cheap but smart? Keep It Tiny, a show where we discuss in-depth the business side of tiny homes, glamping, tents, domes, and everything in between. So, I would say my my first question for you is, how did you get into building tiny homes? Like, I know that you have a background in the history as a builder, like that is what you do. But how do you pull that and you know start building tiny homes for people? And, and like, what kind of drew you into that? So, like most things, it was out of necessity. So it started uh with a bus conversion i don't know if you've seen those the school week. uh dad yeah dad has always wanted to go to sturgis and whatnot and he bought a school bus and then when you're the only person that owns land i live on 26 acres i live on a mini farm okay uh, yeah. you know you tend to inherit everybody's stuff so next thing i know there's a school mm-hmm. bus parked on my property and it was just converted and then you know my background is in construction uh so did a ton of remodels um did things like that and then all of a sudden the she she shed movement whatever you want to call that when you turn yeah 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 she sheds you're like i have got to get away or you or you make a man cave or something it's like hey Mm -hmm. what what can we do with this space and so uh you know it, it doesn't always have to be something like that we've done you know like containers literally Containers off a of container ship. We'll modify those. Hey, let, let's put a split unit in there and let's turn it into something. Or, like I said, a yeah. shed. You know, somehow' I'll go to some box store. You know, Lowe's, Home Depot around here. I don't know what you have up north. It's Menards or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. But uh, <laughs> you know, they'll buy something. What can we do with this? And we're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. How much money do you have? And what do you want to do? So, I mean, it just kind of snowballed from there. So, I've done okay. probably. Three or four, um, completely. You that you've done some like minor stuff to other things, but yeah, man, it'd be it'd be cool to do this full time because I mean it's yeah, it, you know, all about affordable housing now. It's just you know you gotta sure. you gotta fight sure. everything now. Cool. So, what was your most recent project? Um. In we, terms of like tiny, like what, you know, whatever the, the structure would be. So I've got, uh, I've been fortunate. I, I've kind of built myself into a niche to where I'm like a referral base, so to speak. So I've got uh, where I live, I live in Tennessee, and walking horses are huge here, uh, you know, what, what they do. But I've got a bunch of uh, horse arena clients, and they are next level, so you speak. I mean, it, it's like mm-hmm. they have money. No, is not an option. Figure it out. Um, they're really cool, love them to death, but, uh, we did, uh, uh a container off the side of this sports arena and that is where she goes. It's kind of like a, a bona fide tack room slash office. And it, it, I wish I had pictures and stuff. I, I kind of came unprepared for this, but may, maybe in the future, no, no. like, Hey, what do you have? And we'll just figure it out and throw it up. But that one was neat. Obviously we did, uh, my dad had a schoolie, so we did that, uh, you know, over the course of two years. I mean, jacking up the roof and all that. You learned a lot on that one. That one was interesting. We're both kind of like, hey, let's just figure it out and, you know, go with it. What were some of the biggest challenges with building the school, like the school bus transformation? (laughs) A lot of figuring it out as you go um it's not like when you're building a regular house where you have a set foundation you're literally on four tires you're hoping all the air pressure is equalized you don't have anything that's level square plumb anything um and then you know it, dad is dad and myself are both just like one man show so if neither of us are there we got to figure out how how do you jack up a roof with two people like right? so yeah. you know a, a, any contractor any tradesman you know you you have your homemade and tricks of the trade so we did a lot of yeah. fabrication to you know by the time you cut off the roof hey we gotta have a support over here you know and it's all about trying not to kill yourself really <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of that like how how can we do this without dying? <laughs> yeah so what do you think was like uh, the hardest part of doing the school bus transformation and what was like the easiest portion? uh so the hardest part if you really want to deep dive into the story uh the school bus we were on the road to uh punching out the interior. we had just finished the exterior and it literally caught on fire and was destroyed i know i i I left one day and so long story short it's an argument between me and my father what actually happened he was grinding on it he had just put the foam board on the bottom of it, put the subfloor and was grinding on it. And that's how I think, I think an ember got in there and sparked it. But then he also thinks that I was burning out on the property. And regardless, I came home and it looked like a scene out of Rambo. There was that 20 foot fireball coming out of the thing where the propane tank hit the relief wow. valve was going. So uh, that that was a heartburn for sure. Yeah, I mean, we had two years into this thing and it, I mean, it was just destroyed. Um, but the hardest part was probably um, Jacking up the roof and then welding it all back mm-hmm. together and trying to keep everything tight and square to the original frame. Um mm-hmm. and then the hardest part for me was uh tearing it up and hauling it off the scrapyard, man. That, that was bittersweet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there there's two years of your life. Like, see ya. <laughs> I was like, there's yeah, nothing you can do. oh yeah, it was that- painful. <laughs> yeah. So you are like And that's why I really wanted to have you on my YouTube channel. You're the real deal. Like you are, you have a construction background. You're not like some guy building things in his parents' garage. Oh no. So my question to you is when people are looking for experienced builders, um, whether they're building a yurt, tiny home dome, school bus conversion, et cetera. What are some of the things that people should be looking out for when they're reaching out to builders? Like how do they know they found a good one? That is a good question. Um, with me, I get, like I said, I built myself into like a niche where I'm 100% referral based. And that's kind of how I like it. I, I wanted to be, um, you know, not necessarily with the, you know, the multimillionaire, so to speak. But, you know, people who had money, who had an idea, had a budget, and w- were good to go. Um, and, you know, people of like money kind of together so you know one mm-hmm. refers after other um i would look i hate to bash anybody this is where i'm going to get in trouble but uh, you know edit yeah, this I'm out at, 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 this, but, edit, yeah. edit this out as you will I, I call it truthful tourette's i'm just gonna let it fly so um please do uh, yeah the doing is helping others save money yeah i've had horror stories with builders well that that believe it or not during the remodels um 90 percent of my stuff fixing was new construction like less than mm-hmm. two three years old and it's it's what we call an in industry putting lipstick on a pig like all you see mm-hmm. you see the granite you see the finishes but you don't see the bones you don't see the structure you mm-hmm. don't see how it was installed and it, it, here in tennessee i don't know how it is in other states you have a one-year warranty and we call it mm-hmm. we call it the parking lot warranty you know once they leave like good luck getting them back um and yeah. and, and it's just a nightmare um it, you want i would say the best bet is focus on referrals um i it, you can google the almighty google you can get a good source of names that way but honestly mm-hmm. i would get on your local social media your facebook whatnot and look for people who everybody on the internet is six foot tall and bulletproof man they will tell you the good the bad the ugly so if you're like oh this guy's good go on the facebook page let's see if he really is because Mm -hmm. everybody will tell you good news is hard to travel but bad news man everybody wants to just dog somebody these days so um that's a good way get on your local facebook groups uh like uh, i don't know how it is uh you know, where you're at, but uh, we have like local communities and be like, yeah. get on get on their Facebook pages and be like, Hey, who did you use? Who did you have a good experience yeah. with? Um, mm-hmm. Another good thing is, you know, do do interviews. I mean, it, you know, it, this is where I really get mad. And it goes back to the education of the clients and, and the builders. We have done a horrible job educating the consumers, so to speak. But, mm-hmm. you know, nothing is for free in this world. So if yeah. you wanted me to come out and consult, you're paying me like, oh, I expect yeah. a free estimate. Well, that automatically tells me you're not my client because if $125 breaks your budget, imagine what it's gonna be on a 50 to $100,000 build. And that's- Very little. true. So you get what you pay for. However, I always word mm-hmm. it that uh, the consultation fee, if you choose to go with me, I credit you that back. But it's also, okay. you know, it, you know, I drive a, a Dodge Ram 2500. Diesel is not cheap. And I was like, I could spend all yeah. day, every day, driving everywhere and just giving you free advice. Only if you go, hey, I like all your ideas, and I'm gonna go find somebody that will do it for nothing. But he wasn't intelligent enough to bring those ideas to the table. So that's what you want. You yeah. want you want the best of both worlds. Um, you know, ask to look at past projects. Like uh, every client that I have, I have my own version of kind of like Craigslist. It's a Google Drive, and I'm like, hey, if you don't mind, can I take pictures throughout the progress? And do you mind if I post them? And if they do, I you know I, I give them a referral fee, and I'll be like, hey, if you don't mind, somebody showing up or whatnot. And if you do a good job, most of my clients turn out to be friends. They, you know when you're yeah, doing well, I'm, tell people oh for they'll you. they'll tell everybody. And you know when you're doing a bathroom remodel you see the good bad and the ugly i mean you're gonna get real close to, to people so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know um they'll tell so everybody can, that they'll be your biggest champions for sure with with the interview like what type of questions should you be asking the builder to know if they're legit so um this is where i'm also going to get in trouble so number one i'd say are you licensed bonded and insured and by that do a deep dive most people are like yeah i'm licensed well does that mean you have a a business or a city license or does that mean you actually have a contractor's license? on top of that here there's multiple levels you have a renovation license you have a limited residential license you have a full-fledged gc and commercial license what are you licensed for not just like Mm -hmm. anybody can get a license and honestly that's the that's the first step but that's not the end-all be-all because here uh, to get your GC license, it's an open book test. If you can't pass that and you only have to make a 70, it's not that all you have to do is pass the test. It doesn't mean you have to know what you're doing. It means you have to find somebody who says they know what they're doing that fits in your budget that you can pass on to the consumer. That is where there's a big disconnect and and it, as a referral based person, it frustrates me to know and like there's nothing worse than it comes to a point appointment. like I had a horrible experience. I was like, it's about to get worse because not only did you pay this person to do all this, you're going to pay twice as much because now I got to rip it out and redo everything. Um, mm-hmm. So do that. But look, look at the license, uh, check out his insurance and make sure it's valid just because they send it to you doesn't mean that it's still current. I can't tell you how many horror stories. Yeah, it's just a quick phone call to get insurance. They're like, hey, let me pay 50 bucks or whatever it is, and they'll cancel it immediately once they have the deck page. Check that yeah. out. Um, also do an interview with them, like, sit down with or her, don't let me be misogynist or whatnot, whoever it <laughs> is that you go with. Um, do it, do an in person interview because you're going to be spending a lot of time. And just because they say they know what they're doing, that's great. What if your personalities don't jive? Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than you know, your personalities clash and it's constantly finger pointing and whatnot, you're gonna have a bad experience. Ask them, what material do you use? How, How? you know, who are your suppliers? And there, there's another thing right there, not only Facebook group, go to your local vendors They'll tell you who's the good ones because they're constantly buying mm-hmm. material. They'll tell you who shops around, like if somebody's loyal- so that's like the lumber yards? That the lumber yards, go to the plumbing supply house. Um, You can go to Lowe's or Home Depot, don't ask the cashier. Go to the pro desk, where, where the professionals go. And be like, hey, who comes in here all the time? Who do you have a good relationship with? Because if you have a good relationship with your vendors, that means they're probably going to have a good relationship with you. And if they know you, that, that that's huge. Like it's all about networking who you know. And honestly, I hate to say this too, contractors, we're them We're about the bottom of the barrel. It doesn't get <laughs> it doesn't get any lower than us. We will tell you exactly how it is and have no mm-hmm. qualms about it. So, um, yeah. look at that. that. That would be a good one. Um, and then, you know, just kind of go from there. If you can see past projects, that's even better. Or be like, hey, it's not just the finished project, show me the progress pics. Like, did you cover anything up? Or did you be like, hey, that's not acceptable? I had to rip this out and explain to them why. That's important. I, I would focus more on, and here's the thing in the tiny home industry, Nothing's regulated. It's like anybody and everybody can do this, so it's kind of like free for all. It's a free for all, and and it's exciting because man, I not to get political. I'm more of a libertarian. I ask, you know, for forgiveness and permission, like just, just, Uh just do it. However, that can also get a lot of people in trouble because you know, once you cover it up, you can't see anything. And how do you know that you have a lemon? You know, I I get there Mm -hmm. needs to be some regulation however how do you regulate that i mean you hear all the horror stories with the you know the rvs and whatnot get on any rv form they're junk mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. jump they come straight from the manufacturer with all kinds of problems and, and they know it yeah hey i mean how do you know that you're not getting this with a tiny home so i would focus mm-hmm. more on you know something that small you shouldn't need 10 or 15 different subs, you should have somebody that is either a one or a two man show or has, you know, a qualified team that's in house that can do it all. Um, and that mm-hmm. way they can control quality. Um, and, and I focus more on craftsmanship It's what I did. And that's how I, you know, I have the reputation that I do. Um, you get what you pay for. I'm not the cheapest. I'm not the most expensive, but I'm fair. And at the end of the yeah. day, I, I'm referral based. It doesn't behoove me to do a a shoddy job you want you want you want your clients to be your advertisement and it is it's a walking billboard I mean right now and yeah. it, and it's you know it's a blessing and a curse It's first-world problems my phone rings off. <laughs> and my phone rings off that nice. book and, and and it's a great so it's thing a good problem to have it's a good problem but it's also like I hate telling people no because if you're good in the industry mm-hmm. you love what you do you want to help everybody out but there's only so much of you to go around and so it's like hey the first thing is can you wait and that ticks everybody off right now if if you're looking and you're ready to start now if somebody goes great i'm gonna start next week run just absolutely run because it means they're probably not any good why can they start next week and it's not just i i mean i'm fortunate where we live i'm right out of nashville so you know we're the fastest growing area in the country i mean right next yeah. to austin and you know, Florida and whatnot. Just it for some reason, everybody wants to move here, which is awesome. But there's not enough skilled hands, skilled trades to go around, and that's yeah. That that, that we could deep dive into that later. I mean, we could put on our ten pole oh. hats while wow, while wow, that is. Yeah. But it, regardless, so let what let you do, a, yeah. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question about uh, a different topic, and it's really I want to know a builder's perspective of this. So feel free to be as honest as you can. Um, have you heard of these cabin kits where you purchase one, you purchase one thing from one person and they send you every piece of the cabin and you like everything is laser cut and you just you get a builder to put it together like a, like a Lego set. I, I've heard what of- is your opinion on those prefab pre made pre cut cabins? I, honestly, I, I I've heard of them. I know people do them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be advertised. I've personally never had any experience with them. Uh, I don't know anybody who has because you know it, they send you the kit, but you're only as good as your foundation. What if your foundation's out of square? Whoever you got to pour it, you know. Wait, it, it's it. But you you can't get mad at them because back in the day, I mean, you used to order a whole house out of a Sears catalog. I mean, that yeah. that shows you my age right there. I'm like okay you can order an entire house out of the sears catalog okay and they're Mm -hmm. still they're still standing to this day i mean we have some in our in our town and you can tell been like yeah that was this model and you know Mm -hmm. you you talk to your grandparents and be like oh yeah i remember when my neighbors did this and yada yada yada. yeah it's just so uh i don't have any experience with it but i'd be hesitant it's one thing a house is not a lego set so uh, you know, and there's very little room for error. And then here's the other thing: what happens if you know one of the pieces damaged? I mean, where did you order this thing from? It's like, are they going to make it right, or they're going to be like, oh no, we we shifted out through our quality controls, so you know it must have happened in the field or what? There's just too many like what ifs and red flags. I'm don't let me dog anybody because like I said, but it's just uh, there's a lot of hesitancy on my part. to Be like, you know, you're. I, I think you think you're saving money, but I feel like you're, you know, stepping over a dollar to save a nickel you know, kind of thing. It, okay. It, it's like, now, now maybe, uh, I mean, it, it. here's another, like we just drove out to Sturgis. I don't recommend that. It was 26 hours of misery. However, when you think the world is running out of room, like no, we got all kinds of room. Go through Nebraska, go through mm-hmm. Kansas, but there's no trees. It's just flat. Like what? What are your building materials? Where are you going to go? So in that sense, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, maybe you do get a kit. It 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 makes sense. So I mean, there there's yeah. a, there's an argument to both sides. So, okay. um, but I, I personally, I have never done it. But it, you know, here I'm, I'm spoiled. There's you can go to a hardware store. What you're within 30 miles of anything that you could possibly want. And then that way, if there has to be a change in the field, you can fix it then and address it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for giving me your opinion. That's going to be a great little clip. I'm just I'm no for a fact. I'm going to have like a three minute YouTube video. that—that little. <laughs> that. right, yeah, just I know. I know that people are searching for that type of stuff. So that's why right. I asked. Um, here's another segment or clip for you. Um, you recently spoke that you have experience with container homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a whole video that I'm working on ripping them apart. Um, I think that <laughs> Personally, um, I just don't think container homes are a great idea. Um, Now, I say that to say I don't think they are efficient, and I don't think they're the smartest way to build a small space. Are they awesome? Absolutely. Do they look sick? Absolutely. Are they really cool? All that type of stuff. Would you make a ton of money with a container home on Airbnb and short-term rentals? absolutely i'm not saying that at all because i say the same thing about a-frame homes and i own an a-frame uh in the catskill mountains uh but is it a smart efficient use of space no it's no. Like stupid it's like it's, <laughs> it's i i know that and i my a-frame uh in uh, in the catskills is you know rented all the time I'm on airbnb so like i know that they have the purpose but what is your opinion on um container homes And like, what's kind of your take on them? Cause I don't think that it's the smartest idea. I see a lot of people thinking that they can build container homes cheaper than they can build something else or that everyone has different reasons. And I personally believe that there's so many things wrong with it that I'm like, just go build a a stick cabin. So here's the thing with container homes. I'm kind of with you. I think they're eclectic and as a builder, they're fun for me just because you get to use all your skill sets to bring this thing in they are not and i repeat are not do-it-yourself friendly like this is not something like hey i i am gonna get a container home and i'm gonna go do this okay do you have a welder okay it's one thing to own a welder it's another thing to know how to weld do you have a plasma cutter do you have a grinder because they're metal. you can't just fabricate stuff out of thin air with this and then how do you attach the wood members to the metal you have to have some sort of skill set can it be done absolutely is it cheap no is it cool absolutely those things are okay it's kind of like the airbnb like you said um the a frames. are they efficient no do they look cool yes can you run them out all the time yes because they're eclectic mm-hmm. and people are like hey i'm only going to be here for a short time so you don't look at all the stuff that you know would bother you as a long-term you know owner or resident you know you can deal with yeah. it it's kind of like going to the beach you know a beach home like I don't care about this paint color of this pile. Well, you're only there for a week or a weekend. You don't care. But yeah, if you're there for years, it's absolutely gonna bother you. Um, they are a pain to insulate and you know, weatherproof correctly. They are um soundproofing. Mm, that's another thing. Uh, you know, building them out, uh moving them is not easy unless you have the equipment. I mean, are you gonna yeah. get are you gonna get a crane? Do you have a lull? Like, how are you going to set this thing in place? Um, however, I will say, if you want to go a deep dive, they're they're great to put on a gooseneck trailer and have a frame, and mm-hmm. it's a mobile RV that way, and it's going to be much better built than you know a, a, an RV you buy off the lot. Um, I mean, you have a mobile tank at that point. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, there's some nuances. Like for me, but I have the skill set. But it's, so some you know. YouTube and HGTV have done a huge disservice to the population. Anybody can edit anything, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, that's all you have to do." I was like, "You don't realize they like, Photoshop this," but I, yeah, I, I have the background. I was like, "Yeah, that didn't happen." It's kind of like you see the weight loss videos, and it's like, "That's uh-huh. a completely different person. That's not the same person." <laughs> but most yeah. people, most people, they they you know, they can't see the forest for the trees. You know, they're they're looking like, "Oh, this is awesome," and then they get into it, and there are thousands. I mean, just the containers alone, I mean, you're five to $10,000 depending on what you get and where you get it to. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm in over my head, what am I gonna do? And then you have to Craigslist it for half off because who wants a container? <laughs> so yeah. you, you better do your research and you better know what you're getting into. Are they cool? Yes, Would I? It, if I could get around and have a tiny home community on some land, which I'm, I'm trying to fight codes now to do, I would absolutely. I'd have one of each different facade. Like I'd have a little tiny country cat cottage. I'd do an A-frame. I would absolutely do a container home. Um, believe it or not, we have. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge, uh, Dollywood. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. There's a place where you can stay in covered wagons for like two hundred and fifty dollars a night. I was like. The yep. Pioneers did this for free and you bougie people <laughs> yeah. are paying $300 yep. a night and all you get is a bed and a canvas tarp. I was like, I oh, I have missed the boat. So, like, I did something yeah. wrong in life. But yeah, I mean, Absolutely. people <laughs> want to stay in something eclectic. Um, tree houses, believe it or not, the tiny home tree houses, people are paying massive money because how cool would it be? Hey, we slept in a tree house over the weekend. You know, it, it, it's it's eclectic, it's new, it's something different, but long-term, mm, it, it depends on your climate as well. You know, would, would I drop that thing yeah. up? And, would I drop it up in Canada and leave on it? No, you're going to freeze. Like, <laughs> yeah. good luck. But would I drop it in yeah. Arizona or the desert? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it just kind of depends on your circumstance. So, everything has its purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I think, again, it's just like, it it looks cool. But like you said, I think a lot of people, for some reason, think that container houses are cheaper. um, And a lot of people think that container houses are easier to build. No, No. I'm like, I don't understand. It's the exact opposite. Like, they're not cheap. Like you said, just for the shell of the container, you're already a couple of grand in. Um, And then uh, to build, like you said, it's like, are you going to have windows? Or like, and do you feel comfortable cutting into raw steel or whatever the hell, I'm no builder, whatever the yeah. hell <laughs> in our homes are, are made out of. Yeah. I just see them and I'm like, it's just such a big no-no to me, where especially in thinking about the fact that you can build a cabin, like a, a stick frame, two by four, I don't know how you guys call them, like yeah. construction so much more cheaper with easier material. And it's easier for a lay person like myself to make any edits or changes in the future. You know, if you're just somewhat kind of handy, you could do a little bit of work. That would be my absolute best recommendation is stick frame it and build it yourself because at that point you can do whatever. Um, And and back to container homes, here's another thing that people don't think about. What was shipped in these things? Like what chemicals Mm -hmm. and everybody, and you know, you want to put on your temple hats later, where do the majority of these things come from? China, Mm -hmm. overseas? like like they're notorious for lying. international yeah yeah international and and nobody cares they're just like oh yeah this is food great no they shove anything and everything in those things to make the most money put them on over here and then they sit and port for however long you want yeah i mean you've got to literally gut these things and they're like oh they're using this chemical grade plywood that people are like oh this is a great subfloor i was like yeah until you have cancer two years down the line i was like (laughs) (laughs) you you need to rip all this out like and start All you're buying is a metal base, and you're going from there. Mm -hmm. And like I said, is it cool? Yeah. Is it -it do-it-yourself friendly? Absolutely not. Like you have to have some skill set or know somebody who does, and you better have a lot of beer to pay them because, like, yeah, you're you're gonna want it. You're gonna want it. Yeah. I've, I've had to pay a lot of people in beer, a lot of friends with beer to help me with my project. I, I, like you said, I've gotten it over my head a couple of times, too. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, let, let me tell people, that goes a long way, <laughs> absolutely a long way. Figure out what their favorite drink is and, you know, show a little appreciation and we'll, we'll, we'll bend over and we'll help you out. Yo, what's up? This is J.S. Brons. We're going to get right back into today's conversation. I just quickly wanted to talk to you about the Keep It Tiny Club. If you are serious about starting a unique short-term rental or glamping business this year, then this is the club for you. If you're interested in networking with other people who are serious, online live events, Q&As with industry experts, sharing information, and hey, maybe even having a direct one-on-one conversation with me, then check out www keepittinyclub.com to learn more, but hurry up because we're having a ton of virtual online live events happening all the time. And I don't want you guys to miss out. Cool, cool. All right. So thanks. That that's, I think that was an awesome conversation on that. Right there. <laughs> My channel is all about the business side of tiny houses, yurts, domes, tents, you know, just all of the things that people don't really look at. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of content about this type of stuff, but it's all like, Wanderlust, starbucks people pretending that they're living van life and you know they go into their home at the time yeah. recording so my question to you is with the keep it tiny movement because i don't want to say just the tiny house movement as a builder what are the things that annoy you the most about the general movement and what do you think the biggest discrepancies are where like this is where truth ends and this is where like the fakeness of it all begins. Oh, oh, wow. Where do you begin with that one? That is, we could spend an entire podcast on that just alone. Um, That goes back to my biggest gripe is, you know, I hate regulations. I think codes are a joke. I, I mean, if you're saying we're building something to code, you're doing the bare minimum. That's all codes is. It's like this is the minimum yeah. to keep this building standing. So if you're like, hey, I built mm-hmm. this to code, that's not a badge of honor. That's not something to um be prideful of or be like, hey, I'm awesome. No, that means you did the bare minimum. So try to okay. be better. Do better. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I get it. Everybody wants to, you know, save money. But I mean, there comes a point like this is your most valuable investment. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the cheapest here. You don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. to spend a million dollars. You obviously could, but you don't have to. Um, And there's ways to do it cheaply. Also, it's not regulated in that anybody can do it. And so, you know, and it's hard to tear these things apart. It's kind of like if you go inspect an RV, you don't know there's a problem until there's a problem. And then you have to, it's like, how do you tell somebody how much it's going to cost because it's all covered up? you're, you're mm-hmm. you you have to tear everything apart it's kind of like exploratory surgery and that, that's why everybody gets mad at hospitals it's like we don't know how mm-hmm. to fix it we know there's a problem we don't know where it is and then once we find it then we have to fix it and work our way out and people are like no mm-hmm. i need a fixed talk and that's where you have a problem um mm-hmm. it, it, you you have to be like there's and a lot of that is there's a disconnect and trust between contractors mm-hmm. and the client I mean, how many horror shorts you have? This guy absolutely took me for a ride and, like, Mm -hmm. didn't fix anything, said he knew what he was doing. But also, I blame the customer. Like, you should have known better. Like, if you're – we work, you know, max maybe the 6 o'clock at night. Max. Most of the time, we're there at 7 o'clock. We're wrapping up at 4 because it's manual labor. We're done. So when you're back at your house, walk through it. Don't, don't destroy anything, but like kind of check and see what's going on there. See, and and that's the fault there. Also, if you're going to do it yourself, you've got to think long term, you know, are you going to have this on a fixed foundation? Are you going to put this on piers to where you can build it? That's probably what I would recommend. However, a lot of people are like, let's put this on a trade. Okay. That doesn't mean get on Craigslist and get the biggest trader you can find and put it on there because what's it rated for? You, you know, are, are you doing 7,000 pound axles? Eight, okay, so you have dual axles on that that gives you 14,000 pounds. Then you have what, roughly 2,000 pounds worth of trailer weight. Used. So now you're down to 12. Then you got the building material that you put on it, plus all your appliances, your furniture, and everything. You're going to max this trailer out. And then on top of that, how are you going to pull it? You know, most of these people, you see the van, you see the van life, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know they're vegans or they're living their best life doing all that. I was like, guys, your Prius is not going to pull this thing. I was like, you're yeah. going to have to get, like, get a truck or know somebody mm-hmm. to pull this. And they're like, oh, I see those posts on Facebook all the time. Hey, I've got this. Can somebody please move this for me? The other mm-hmm. thing you have to consider is you can't just put these things anywhere. I mean, it is very yep. regulated here. And I think it's against – um Nothing wrong with it but i think it's uh, a fight against the homes and um mm-hmm. they don't want anybody and everybody just buying trailers and putting them wherever here you have yeah. to have they'll allow you to live in an rv or a tiny home but it cannot be your permanent you know residence you have to have an active building permit and your permits only good for two years also okay, okay yeah. let's say that you have land you have a family friend and nobody's going to say anything nobody that you're not going to pissed off the council to be or whatever it is. Yeah. Let's say that you moved into your parents' or friends' backyard and you did that, okay. Now you also have to have the infrastructure to support it. Okay, what about power? What about water? What about, you know, what about septic? Nobody thinks of this. I was like, nobody wants to go pee outside in the middle of winter. I was like, Mm -hmm. do we do it? Yeah, as a guy, but I mean, try doing that as a married, as a married man, like you want to get divorced? (laughs) That's how you get divorced. Yeah. Like, go take your wife. don't <laughs> take your wife to pee outside in the middle of winter. Like, that's just not. Yeah. That's not realistic. So you have mm-hmm. to think of these things, and those are the added costs. They're like, oh, I can build this for twenty thousand dollars. Here, the average septic system just starting off is ten. They ain't got to run power. Yeah. Are you going to do solar? Okay, that's great. What are you going to do when it's cloudy? I was like, do you have a battery bank? Like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, these are what people don't think about. So you have to have redundancies for everything. And you know, I, I don't know if you're on TikTok or whatnot, but there there's a lot of channels and you've got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, some people take the best of you know every world, put it together and make it work for you. Um, also people are mm-hmm. like, you know, I wish there was almost a, well, I guess what you could do is go Airbnb, go live in a tiny home, rent one for like yeah, two or three weeks. People are like, oh, I'm absolutely gonna do it. And then you're like, Dude, I don't have enough room in here for a thought. Try try being married in 200 square feet. Like, there's times like you can't just leave your bedroom. Like, y'all are together. (laughs) Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the only escape you have is the great outdoors. And most people don't think about this. Like, they're they're like, hey, I'm going to save all this money and it's fine as a single person. It sounds fantastic. As a young, single, college age dude, I'd live in a cardboard box and be happy as can be. I, i'm not saying those women don't exist but uh my mm-hmm. wife is not that person she likes to find her yeah. things in life <laughs> so yeah, you know absolutely. um and happy wife happy life so yeah yep. you do absolutely that, exactly. that <laughs> yeah so uh you know there's a lot of nuances you've got to think about um and it's also like hey it can you buy you know just a shed from a big box store and convert it yeah but have you seen the quality of construction I would probably spend a thousand, two thousand dollars more and have it stick framed and have it solid. Like most of these guys, you know, they're they're built in a warehouse and you know some ten dollar an hour guys just shooting nails whenever, wherever. You see nails coming out of the two by four and whatnot, and they're just haphazardly put together. So you know, twenty four inch on center just because you can do it meets code doesn't mean that it's a well built structure. It's the same thing I tell my clients: just because Lowe's and Home Depot sell it doesn't mean you have to use it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. hey, just, just there's all kinds of products that are gimmicks out there, but like, hey, this is homeowner friendly. And I was like, there's a reason that professionals don't use this, and I'll explain why. So um, you know, and it depends on your lifestyle, it depends on where you're going to put this thing. There's so many things that go into this. Um, and really, your best bet, if people would spend as much time planning as they do building they'd be fine yeah but that's just yeah. it it's like they they get all excited and i, I don't want to burst their bubble like yeah excitement's awesome but you need to plan this out you need to think about this yep. and then at that point the excitement stage of the building is assembly and it's fun and you're not going to have any problems it's when you just shoot mm-hmm. from the hip and like i'm going to go and then you're like okay now you're too far in i can't tear this apart to fix it you know hey then, then it looks like an add-on and then you're mad you're like oh this is acceptable And it's not because it's going to bother you like six months down the road, you're like, Oh, what was I thinking? But if you plan this out, and I mean, everything, I mean, go through codes, design this thing, pick out all your materials, know where everything's going to go, you'll have a much better time and whatnot. And you know, I'm like everybody else, I do deep dives on YouTube and TikToks, and they're fun. I like to see Mm -hmm. what other people have done. I learn something new every single day, like, why didn't I think of that? Like that is a terrific idea, you know. However, you also need to have enough common sense to realize that looks cool, but that's not a good idea. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. How, how did you do that? You know, I I would, I I tell my clients all the time, you know, if you want to help out, that's fine, as long as it's not slowing me down because I don't get paid by mm-hmm. the hour. You're only paying me for the job. If it doesn't slow me down, I want you to help. Matter of fact. I will teach you anything and everything you want to know, as long as you don't slow me down. I highly recommend you get a mentor, or know somebody who has done this, or talk to people, get on forums, do, there's all kinds of things, just do your research. If you do that, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. It's the people that like, oh, I'm going to duplicate what they did, but they've never done it before, Mm -hmm. so then they're like, you don't know what problems you're going to have, and maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I just need to start a list and be like, these are the potential problems you're going to have and be like if you can address 90% of these not that I'm going to cover everything but if you can cover 90% of this you're going to have a good time you'll be okay and then (laughs) yeah maybe start you know if I could figure out a way to monotonize getting paid what I know and not what I do I you know somebody be willing to then me 20 bucks absolutely like video conference like hey show me what you got this is what I would do and kind of point them on the direction and half the battle of do-it-yourselfers is they have all the confidence in the world, but they're missing that five percent that'll get them there. And I was like, "If you That's can, get me right here." <laughs> You're 95% me right here. you ninety five percent. Hey, I did. I do too. <laughs> and you know, I- but I, I the problem is, I know I can't, and you can. You think you can build anything because you probably can. Well, I, I I'll figure it out. Like I can't. T- I I literally learn something new on the job site all the time, and I I, I mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but. I know how to fix it and make it look good. That's the difference. And I, I feel like you can get somebody 95% there, but you just have to have somebody confident in your wheelhouse. Be like, hey, I, I'm so close. What do I do here? Get them over the hump and they can go. You know, that that's all there is to it. And a lot of it is confidence. You know, you can do anything. It's like, uh oh, but I don't know how to operate a skill song How do I learn? Start. That's it. And with yeah. everything. Just like, what do I do? Like investing or buying a house or whatever it is in life. Start. that that, that's your biggest hurdle right there just start where do you think the disconnect is though on like you you just went through a lot of very real issues with the tiny living movement you know the tiny structure movement where do you think the disconnect is and like what's kind of affecting people like is it too easy for us to say it's social media um i think or is it just like just pointing calling a spade a spade it's just like look this is the problem because you're right people do have very 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 unrealistic expectations and, and views on these types of places. oh and it's not just tiny homes it's on everything and, you know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah anything you buy people just like we need to bring you back down to you know kind of thing mm-hmm. it's like um it, there's a very big disconnect i'd say social media is is i'm not i don't want to blame it it's kind of like blaming video games for gun violence like that's just yeah dude, yes, yeah i played call of duty e- i played GoldenEye, yeah. and all this stuff right i never once have had a thought of shooting somebody not never yeah once. Yeah, yeah never once. Yeah. and the same thing with uh uh you know youtube like nobody wants to have a debbie downer on their channel the entire time they're like these are all the problems you're gonna have everybody just wants to see the glam and they want to see the yeah. finished result they don't like oh, I hate to give them more popularity because I hate them. The Kardashians, I think they are the biggest joke. But dude, they didn't start there. I mean, look, look at the before and after photos. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like the yeah. progress. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, all this. It's like everybody just wants to see the good side of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like like it, it, there's, it's all about marketing and what sells. And I think it, it's money driven too. I mean, you look at, you, you know, what was, uh what was that show back in the day that moved that bus show that uh uh america's home renovation you know what i'm talking about they're like move that oh bus. yeah 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 yeah, the yeah I, I think abc or did it man it like it, it, every contractor i know every tradesman we're cringing you cannot build a house in three days you just can't. yeah like and yeah. then you hear all these horror stories they make national news and like it, it's like they're junk you just cannot do it and, and it's kind of like HGTV. Oh, I'm gonna do a bathroom renovation over a weekend no you're not you are absolutely yeah. not um you know it, it's time and not rushing things and oh gosh hey I, i've gone on so many tangents i forgot what the original question was man i'm not no truthful tourettes over here i'm like guys you're gonna have a bad day <laughs> like, no i love it i i I love it. Because again, that's that's my goal with my channel is to shine a true light on on these types of things and to give people real world advice and yeah. real world tips that they can actually use. And I think you're you're helping out with that. You're giving us a lot of right. that, that good stuff right there. I wish I was, uh, I guess, on your level. I'm not very tech savvy. If I could figure out a way to, you know, post it. I, I, I enjoy this. This is my passion. I would talk your ear off. If you get, like I said, probably the best thing you can do is get a mentor um and, mm-hmm. and believe it or not you don't have to pay them because if somebody loves what they do i'll talk your ear off all day long as long as you're receptive and you want to learn like and yeah it, it inspires me because honestly oh god we go down this rabbit hole too of nobody wants to work and yada 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 is it really that nobody wants to work or is it that we're not paying them and they don't have a passion to do it maybe somebody has a stone, you know kind of thing mm-hmm. right but there's also a disconnect too like hey you have to pay your dues like you're not gonna come straight out of school making a hundred dollars an hour like dude yeah i'm i'm 40 years old i own my own company and i'm still paying my dues man i was picking up shingles out of a ditch yesterday i was like yeah could could i get somebody else to do it yeah but nobody was around to do it you just got to do it um but but yeah if you could get a mentor like i'd give you a lot of advice for free now at some point Mm -hmm. you know free advice doesn't pay the bills i i've got to support the wife. If someone is looking to build a tiny structure, what is the right way to do it for cheap? Because everyone's looking to build it for cheap. What is the right way that their tiny house, their yurt, their cabin isn't going to fall apart in under 10 years? Like how do you build it cheap, but smart? Don't? Um, you can do it and it depends. It depends on how you're going to live in it. If you're going to live in it as soon as possible, there's different methods. If you have time and you have some place to live, then you can you know take years to build this thing and then do it right on the cheap. Do you have that? And it's kind of like the cost benefit of time versus money. If You have all the time, you can save money. If you don't have the time, you're not going to save money. Um, so everybody, you can't build it cheap and fast. Well, it's like, that. Yeah, I'll give you three versions. Everybody's heard this saying, I got good, cheap, and quick. I'll give you two. Which two do you want? But you're not gonna get all three. So you have to decide the ROI, what's best for you in your situation. Um, Are there ways to do it? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, You're not gonna save it. Right now, material's at an all-time high. So where you're Mm -hmm. gonna save the money, if you have the time and the labor and the expertise, if you can go salvage material. Um, I don't know uh, where you're at but uh we have a lot of habitat research around here. I don't yeah. know if you have like salvage yards or whatnot. Um mm-hmm. don't go to just anyone. I'd hate to say that. Go to the affluent areas where there is a close one there because they're gonna have yeah. the nice stuff. You don't you don't you don't go to uh goodwill in a poor area. You go to goodwill uh-huh. in a rich area because you want yeah. the nice stuff. Go to a salvage yard that's close to an affluent area because honestly we get a tax write-off. I, number one, when I do demos and stuff like that, I, they're perfectly fine. Like I, I, I can't tell you how many times all oh, these cabinets are two years old. and I just don't like them. What a bougie no. problem to have. Well, I'm yeah. not gonna yeah. wait. I'm not gonna waste my time and putting these things on Craigslist or whatnot. Somebody wants these. What I will do is I will salvage them and I will take them to Habitat because I get a tax write-off. So absolutely. Okay um go, go so through that the free stuff out of those oh well they're not free but the heavily discounted items at some of those salvage yards and those those um renew stations correct. and those things you think that they uh, if you look around they are of good quality and they would be a good correct now, now grab some material to put in your tiny structure a lot of them are either overstocked or they have a scratch or they're um it it, it just came in damaged like I mean how many of these pallet sales do you see there's nothing wrong with them but like a semi will overturn on the interstate well all of a sudden you know there's nothing wrong with the product but now it's damaged supposedly Uh so now you go to all these like discount liquidated outlets whatever you have and you get them for pennies on the dollar however you have to have some knowledge as to what you're looking for and to be able bless you and that's going to be edited out so (laughs) but uh you're gonna have to have some knowledge of what you're looking for so you can get material okay. like that um and like discontinued items um depends on what you're gonna go through um you like if you're gonna have tile or whatnot and i'm not promoting anybody but i mean you go to here's another thing okay you got to know your materials so let, let's take tile for an instance so i'm just bring it. there's a reason why some tile is so cheap it's called seconds the industry I don't know if everybody's familiar with that but that means it's not first run it basically means they could be a 16th to an eighth off and you're like oh that's not a big deal I'm getting them for 20 cents a piece but they're gonna look like garbage if you want straight lines and all of a sudden you're an eighth off on every single one it's gonna compound and you're gonna have a bad experience so make sure it's first runs it's of quality get your discount there um also um Here's another thing, if you're gonna buy material and you have time, have a place to store it. If you have a covered barn or something, you have all kinds of time, you could spend a year searching for material and then just store it in there and nothing's gonna happen to it because you're, you're helping the warehouses out because you're liquidating their inventory for cheap, but then you've got a deal, but you gotta have a place to store it. If you're just buying it for mm-hmm. cheap, now you got a problem, where are you gonna put all this stuff? Then you're gonna go rent a U-Haul storage or whatnot, and then all your savings are out the window because those things aren't cheap every month. And then you forget what you even bought because you're just. And then next thing you know, you're on an episode of Hoarders. So you need to, yeah. you know, you need to, you know, there, there's ways to do it. Um, look at that. Go to vendors. Um, go to um, contractors and be like, hey. You know, I, we can't return material after a certain point. So we're obviously not going to keep them. We're either going to throw them in a dumpster or, hey, trade off your time that way. They're like, hey, if I pick up your construction lot, can you help me with some uh, some of your unused material? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, all day long. Yeah. I, I, now, you know, I don't want to, you know, a bunch of tradespeople are going to be mad at me. I don't want to overwhelm those with every Tom, Dick, and Harry coming up and yeah. and they're like, hey, let me trade off your site. I mean, yeah. just ask and here's another thing. Come come at them with some humility. Hey, don't don't, oh, don't act like, um, you know, you're meek or anything. But I can take here's another horror story. Let me go beat that the worst client that I'm ever going to have. I can take, oh, I've done this for years. I just don't have the time, which automatically means I do not want to work for you. No, you don't know how to do it. You're a YouTube warrior and you have no clue what you're doing. I've got a client uh-huh. right now. Hey, I've been a realtor for 20 years. I know everybody. Yeah, don't listen to your realtors. Like, and I I hate to Uh, say uh that. Like that there's some good ones out there, but it doesn't take much to be a realtor. Like if you're gonna listen to somebody, listen to somebody that's been a realtor full time for years. Don't listen to somebody who just got the realtor license and Google the handyman or whatnot. Just 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 don't. Like like they're they're con artists as far as I'm concerned. what are some other things that clients might do that would piss off their builder? And oh. what are some good things that a client could do when they're chatting with their builder to, to get on their builder's, you know, good side, so to speak? The first thing, um, like I said, I, just be honest. Don't do don't over-inflate your capabilities. Um, you know, if, if you want to learn, just tell me. That way I can schedule it. You know, like, I don't mind teaching you how to tile. I don't mind teaching you how to wire something up. Like, they, 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 my time is valuable, like, like I, I don't yeah. want to, and so is yours, like, I don't want to drive all the way across town to change out an But It's quick, you know, YouTube has tutorials on them all the time. However, there's some nuances, like with wiring and whatnot. It, one situation is not going to be the same everywhere. So, however, there's FaceTime, there's all kinds of stuff like, hey, if we're friends and we have a good relationship. I'll give you my personal number, and, and we can video chat. I'll give you fifteen minutes of my time for free, and I'll walk you how to do it. Because one, I don't want to drive across town. It saves me time, money, it's, and it saves you time and money. Um, if you want to help, don't be don't be above a certain task. Because believe it or not, there's something to learn about everything, um, even picking up trash. Number one, cleanliness is godliness on a job site. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah. the first thing, like, if you're interviewing contractors, there, there's another good tell, go, go look to the job site, how clean is it? Walk through the house, is crap just laying everywhere or not? And that goes, and that's obviously not always on the contractor. Sometimes it's on the subs, but ultimately, there's no finger pointing. The contractor hired these people, he is the one to blame. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that goes to the relationship between you and your subs. Like, uh, for me, I don't have a lot of subs, but the ones I do, it's in a subcontractor agreement. You're gonna clean up after yourself. If I have to clean up after you, every trash bag I pull is $500 off your contract. And they sign it. No. And it happens yeah. one one time, one time. It's on almost, yeah. fight. remember like messing up, growing up. Your dad beats you with a belt. It only took one. Yeah, you get that one yeah. You're not doing it again, but you, you back yeah. charge a, a subcontractor one time for picking up their garbage. By God, they'll go to Walmart buy a broom, and I mean, you can yeah. eat off the floor. So and so do that. Check that. Um, if you want to pick up the site, believe it or not, you'll learn a lot there. You'll see. You'll just learn a lot that you don't even know just by through osmosis. I mean, you're just like, oh, okay. This is why you do this. This is why everything's run clean, and you know, you make everything follow a line. Um, if you want to help, be be the grunt, like uh, be the cut person. You know, you'll learn how to operate tools. You don't realize you are, but you know, not everybody's a Picasso with a skill saw. But once you are, mm-hmm. you can literally do everything with a skill saw. You don't need a chop saw. You don't need a table saw. You don't yeah. need all these tools. Like you can do it with one, um, learn, yeah. learn how to drive a nail. You know, everybody's, like, oh, it's just a hammer and a nail. When I was growing up on a framing crew, you got two hits. If you couldn't hit that nail in, in two hits, they didn't want you. And then you thought you yeah. hit the lottery when nail guns came out. Like you do, we yeah. had it made. So, yeah. uh, you know, le- learn how to do that. Um, ask questions if you don't know. D- don't be like, oh, I'm just gonna do it because I think this is how, if you're not sure, 100% sure, we'll tell you. And we'll tell you the reason behind it, why. Um, I, that That's just if you wanna learn on the trade. As far as not pissing off your contractor, the first thing you want don't wanna do, everybody is budget conscious. Have a realistic budget don't don't be like hey i'm gonna do a bathroom remodel for ten thousand dollars no you're not absolutely not mm-hmm. as like only if you're gonna do it yourself and then you're gonna mess up and then you're gonna spend twenty thousand dollars fixing your ten thousand dollar mistake and then you're gonna be really yeah mad. um so have realistic expectations be honest with your budget and most people don't want to do that I, I don't have a problem like i said because i'm referral base so most people are like hey this is my budget what can you do but i'm already trusted because i come from another trusted mm-hmm. source and then I earn that trust when I'm on the job site. If you're just telling somebody out of the blue, you're automatically, you have, there's a distrust between both of you. And I get it, I, I, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. But um, just be realistic. Don't, don't go, how can I cut costs? Okay, that's probably not how to word it. Like, yeah, there's things you, yeah. you can rephrase. be like, hey, this is my dream. I have this budget. What can we do to do this? To get this accomplished to where you're happy and you're happy. Because if you immediately start off the gate, how can we cut corners? Yeah, we're going to cut corners and we'll do it, but we're not going to lose money. I I'm you right now, yeah. I, I, this is a business, not a charity. So mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. where you think you're cutting and saving money, we're cutting somewhere else just to get it done. And, and yeah. you know, and it's not unsafe. You know, not that. Well, maybe sometimes yeah. it is, depends on who it is. But I, I yeah. would never put somebody in jeopardy because my name's on the line. But that's different than yeah. somebody's like, hey. I've got $1,000 to do Yeah, um, just be realistic. And if you have red flags, honestly, that, that's between the consumer and the contractor as well. We've done a huge disservice. Like there just has to be trust. That's probably the mm-hmm. biggest disconnect. If you trust me, you know, 99% of my clients, I have a key to their house. They're never there. I come and go as I please, and it's great. Now, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a good time with it. If they want to put cameras in there, great. I'll walk by, I'll do the Heisman. Yeah. Like, I'll entertain you. Like, we'll have, yeah. a good, we'll, yeah. have a, we'll have a good time, and I get it. Like, people want to see what's yeah. going on. But if you don't have that kind of relationship, I'd probably find somebody else. Like, you need that relationship to where you don't need to babysit. Like, you hired the professional. Like, if you already didn't know what you were doing, you don't need to babysit me. So mm-hmm. that that's the big thing. Um, back to doing it cheaply, or not pissing off the contractor. Um, it, it all goes down to communication. And I'm not saying uh, I'm the most okay. I'm not the most eloquent mm-hmm. or whatnot. It, it's like, but if you can have realistic conversations and be adults about it, and not walk away yeah. mad and finger pointing and whatnot, you can have civil discourse. And I think that, that that's a huge problem in today's society, if political yeah. or just personal. Like, you know, it, it, I mean, if you want to go deep dive, like even racial, I was like, dude, most people, we all get along. We don't have problems with yeah. that, but they go on the fringe and they're everybody's yeah, their yeah, point yeah. and yeah. yelling at each other. Like, yeah. We, yeah. like, we can have a conversation. I don't have to agree with everything you do. You don't have to agree with everything I do. But I think just in a short time that I've, I've talked to you, like we both laugh, we get along. I could absolutely buy you a beer. We could hang out and you know yeah. do whatever. <laughs> if, if yeah. um, you know, if you can have that kind of relationship, and ultimately, here's here's a good thing: if you can be friends with that person at the end of the day, you've probably got a good one. But if you can't be friends yeah. with that person, like and, and and look at it this way, you know, friendship aside, you can have arguments with your friends. And maybe be mad at each other for a couple of days. That's okay. But at the end of the day, you're still friends. Mm-hmm. That's a good relationship yeah. to have. That that that's who Got you it. want on your team. That's who you want want to do. But just be willing to have those conversations. And you know, what's the hardest thing is contractors on our side. We hate telling people no. We absolutely do mm-hmm. at the risk of losing the job. Not so much me, but I, I just see it, it, it. You know, if I was advertising all the time and just doing all these estimates for nothing and whatnot. I don't want to lose the job because i have bills to pay it, you know it, it it's money should not be a difficult conversation i, I don't know why okay and and yeah, and yeah and at the end of the day it, you know and we've done a huge disservice to be like hey we did it at this we did not know this was going to happen change orders just expect change orders even in new construction you're going to have change orders. Mm-hmm. um you, you know just have those realistic conversations and be like okay Nobody likes telling the client, "Hey, you owe me an extra fifteen hundred dollars." Like that is not a pleasant yeah. conversation to have. However, yeah. if you approach it the right, right way and explain it, it, you'll end up fine. And a lot of it goes down to planning. And most, some, and honestly, I'd say ten percent of the change orders is on the contractor's end. It's their fault, but ninety percent of the time, and clients don't want to hear it. It's their fault. It is hundred yeah. percent their fault because they didn't know, but they expect the contractor to tell them. That's not my job to walk you through it i I will walk you through it yeah like absolutely I have no problem but I did not know that's what you were assuming and everybody knows what assuming does <laughs> if you don't yeah you know, yeah, yeah. You know, read between, <laughs> read between the lines <laughs> so yeah um there's a lot of that, but honestly, I probably have maybe one a year that just goes south and it just happens mm-hmm. like it it's mm-hmm. um, as much as I do, even as a one-man show, I do, I do a lot. Um, you just have one, despite your best efforts, everything goes wrong, everything. Whether it's the vendor, whether it's material comes in damage, whether yeah, during the demo phase, you're just like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten in myself into? And then you have to, you know, you have to work. You're already committed, you have to make it work. But at that point, you know, you have to understand if you can't come to an agreement, the contractor will walk away and then you're going to get married mm-hmm. and then you're going to have to find yeah. somebody else and that is the worst the thing that you can that do yeah. because yeah. i can tell you right now i can't tell you how many times i'll go on a consultation and they're 50 through and they're like hey what can you do and i was like i can start over and they're like well no we can salvage this and i was like no because i the last person that touches it warranties it i don't know how it was installed i was like mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how this went so once you're there, you're committed. It's kind of like a surgery. Like you better have a good surgeon. Yeah. Like once he's in there, he's committed. He's yeah. not just gonna open you yeah. up and close you back up. Well, maybe yeah. there's some yeah. instances. I'm not that smart, yeah. but um but yeah, once you're in it, you're you're in it to the end. So make sure you do your research and make sure that mm-hmm. you, you have somebody that you can get along with. You know, and, okay. and you know, like I said, if you're an adult about it, we can we can most problems you can work out. When it comes to tiny homes, container homes, domes, all of that type of stuff, what do you think people are doing wrong the most? Like, what errors are you seeing out there that you wish you could, like, grab somebody and say, like, whoa, stop doing that? Whether that be a trend that you see heavily um, in the construction or the use cases of them, or that just be, like, people picking the wrong structure too many times. What about like tiny structures do you think people are getting wrong the most especially coming from your experience as like a builder for so many years i'm certain that you probably look at these things from a completely different standpoint i do um there's uh i think it goes back down to capabilities like everybody's like i can do this trade this trade this trade but i can't let's say i can't frame so then they sub it out and like that's probably my biggest gripe so far. There is a place in Kentucky that I have been called out to, not in Kentucky, but uh, they, they build the shells of county homes, and they're not any better than these tough sheds that you see at, you know, Rose Home Depot. That, that, yeah. that, that's probably my biggest gripe. And I was like, you paid this money for this? I was like, you could have gotten mm-hmm. a true craftsman, gotten a better quality product, and it's more structural sound than this. Um, It goes back to the ROI, the investment, like, they're like, oh, this is a a cheap cladding. I was like, there's a reason why it's cheap, like, there's a reason why you don't Mm -hmm. put particle board and MDF on the outside It's glued together sawdust, Mm -hmm. like, it's Mm -hmm. like, you're gonna have a bad day. Um, uh, You know, not realizing, and it all goes back to what is the use? What is your final use for this? Is this long term? Is this short term? Is this just like, getaway? Like, are you just going to the lake for the weekend? I was like, at that point, it doesn't matter. But if this is going to be a long term or even a rental, you've got to consider the materials you're going to use in this and Mm -hmm. functionality as well. There's a lot of that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can have all this space and I'll just loft this bed up here. I was like, I'm a grown ass man. I do not want to crawl in a two foot opening and then, you know, like have a bad night or something and then forget where I am and then just knock myself yeah, out getting a concussion, yeah. getting a concussion. like you know yeah. as a rental that's okay i can do that short term but long term it, you probably want to rethink that um yeah a lot of it is you know the whole thing about tiny homes is obviously uh you know a, a, an easier lifestyle less is more however you've got to maximize your space Wasted space is probably my big and that's with any house believe it or not there is so much waste space in the house it's not even funny. you've got to realize how to maximize your space. Also realize where are you going to put this in, you know mm-hmm. in, in the desert or you know a rainy climate you may want to think about a different roof system you know um right. you know uh, it all goes back to materials as well insulation like like don't get on the bones of your build. Like you can always upgrade your aesthetics later. Like it's nothing like, mm-hmm. no, nah, this may not be the light you want, but it's not to be craft, but we call them boob lights in the industry. Get those little $10 boob lights and put them up. Yeah. You can get your $1,000 fixture later, but they all emit yeah. light. It's like, what do you want? same thing with your plumbing mm-hmm. fixtures. Like your trim pits, those are easy to change. What's not easy to change is your rough end, your valves, everything that's behind the wall. Do not skimp on them. Do not go to, you know, Loewe or, well, not to bash them. I'm going to get in a lawsuit before this is all over for bashing people. Like, do you have attorneys on (laughs) retainers? But don't go there and don't get the cheapest possible thing. Like, there's a reason it's that cheap. Don't go getting, you know, not to knock the mobile home industry. Don't go get mobile home parts. You know, there's a difference between, you know, if you look at the model numbers, if you Google, let's say, just a Delta fixture. And you see two of them. Well, why is one two hundred dollars more? It's because it's an all-metal body battle versus a plastic. What's going to wear out first, plastic or metal? You know, plastic. So Easy. you know, right. you're 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 trying to save two hundred dollars for something that's probably going to blow apart in a year, and then you're going to have to rip mm-hmm. everything out that you didn't have to. So you know, there's things you can upgrade later. There's things that you can do yourself to save money. Like you know, it. I, uh, you know, painting. Everybody thinks that they're a great painter. And same thing with drywall. I was like, no, I mean, anybody can sand it, but it's not gonna be a good finished product what you want, you know? Are you gonna have drips yeah. everywhere? Are you gonna have lines everywhere? I don't mind. If you wanna save money doing that and you don't care what the finished product looks like, that's fine. Um, you know, there, there's things you can save for uh, i I'm, I'm a big fan of, believe it or not, the LVP, the Luxury Vinyl Plank. You know, you can put that in anywhere. It's water resistant, it's scratch resistant, it's wear resistant. If you do have a leak or whatnot, it's salvageable if you dry it out. However, don't go get the stuff out of the box stores that's like 80 cents a square foot that's so thin, it's mm-hmm. not the same as the $5 square foot because you don't have the, the you know, the durable layer that's 20 mil stick. You have the eight mil thick that, you know, it, it's not going to last you. At the end of the yeah. day, you get what you pay for. You, there, there's there got to be, you know, some common ground between budgets and finished project, projects. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. um, the big thing wow. is, you know, like I said, don't waste your space. Um, it, and it goes down to planning, you know, um, you know, like underneath the stairwell, you got to have something like, don't just box that in. It, I mean, get some drawers, put a closet, do something and act mm-hmm. that hole. Um, run your utilities, your plumbing, your electrical cleanly. Don't just run them through every stud cavity. Like make them have a designated task. That way you can access everything if something goes wrong. Don't just go through every single wall. Then you've got to rip everything out. right? think about yeah. how you're gonna repair this in the event that something goes wrong. Like right? and you know, it's the same thing in the car industry. You know, we all wanna cuss out the engineers because you know they didn't put this together they they just designed it and they're like yeah. how do you yeah. access this bolt to get this thing off yeah. like it's impossible yeah. like they they're just somebody in a computer and you know doing their thing yeah. and you're like you obviously have no real world experience because mm-hmm. nobody in their right mind would have done this this way yeah but yeah. A, a, if you think about it that that's probably my biggest pet peeve is you know wasting space also using subpar materials and then covering it up and then realizing, yeah, at a later date, you have a problem. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen people skimp on is like probably your installation doors, windows, and HVAC. Those are the things mm-hmm. that I would not skimp on at all. Like, those are the things that heat and cool your home, you don't have any thermal bridging and whatnot, that's gonna allow you to be comfortable. Everything else is aesthetic. Point, point simple, like, you, you do not skimp on the bones of your build. Cool. And then know, know cool. where you're gonna put yeah. it, that, that's it.